And so I'd like to bring up uh, Art, as he's graciously come here today to share what's going on out in Germany. Um, Art Melly. Yeah. That's okay. Well, first of all, I would like to say thank you for being here today. I know, um, Stapleton, we really appreciate you taking time to be here. Uh, and I know that you come from different arenas. Maybe you had a good week. Maybe you didn't have such a good week. Maybe you're here because you're just here out of tradition. Maybe you're here because... Um, you're asking questions and you're seeking. I, I don't know why you're here, but we're here in this place. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about what we do in Germany and throughout Europe, actually Europe, Middle East, North Africa. But I'm also going to give a message to you because I want to open up the word of God with you and challenge you. Hopefully the Holy Spirit will speak to you today. For whatever reason you came, you're here. So let's pray, okay? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you that we can love you, serve you, and worship you. In spite of a changing world, in spite of circumstances, you remain our rock and our refuge. So we thank you for all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, first of all, yes, I'm a missionary, but that tells you what I do. I got to tell you who I am. I am a child of the living God, saved by his wonderful grace. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be standing here today. And I hope some of you out there can relate to that, being saved from utter disaster and utter, I don't know what, but if it wasn't for Christ, anybody can relate to that? If it wasn't for Christ, you wouldn't be here today? Yeah. Right on. Amen. Thank you. Because I'm not the only one, but that's who I am. Christ died for me. He bled for me. He lives for me and he lives in me. And so that's who I am. This is what I ha happen to do, okay? So um, we're going to use this technology here and see if we can't um, get on. Okay, so I am with Youth for Christ, okay? And Youth for Christ is an evangelical, incarnational youth ministry organization around the world. There's a great Youth for Christ uh, here in Denver. In fact, our headquarters are here in Denver. Um, but uh, I also... I'm seconded to Youth for Christ International. So I'm on the international side. So I don't know about local chapters. I can tell you everything about what's going on in Europe, Middle East, and North Africa. We live in Germany. And what first took us over to Germany was a ministry to uh, military dependents of U.S. military personnel. And so uh, I worked in the military community. Vince became a deputy field director for that ministry. And uh, then moved on to working with third culture kids. Missionary kids, go figure. Somebody has to, you know, schooling is an issue. Homeschooling is illegal in, uh, in Germany and, and, and around in a lot of places. And so, um, i.e., there's a school called Black Forest Academy. So I'm going to jump in and tell you about that. You see the person up there? Do you see a person? You see a cross in the middle? Because we're all about Jesus. And that's not a basketball. I do coach basketball at Black Forest Academy, but that's really a half a world because the mission's only half done. There's people that need to know. Right here in Denver, right here in Stapleton, and around the world, there's people who need to know the gospel, the hope that we have in Christ, the living hope, because of the resurrection of Christ from the dead. Man, they need to hear that. Okay, so I'm going to jump in real quick, because I don't have a lot of time. But um, here we go. 
That's, that's our vision and mission statement. And we do that. And I, I just want to encourage you, in Slovakia today, I was talking to the national director, uh, and, he, and he said, you know, every church in Slovakia that's doing any kind of youth ministry was trained by Slovakia YFC. So as I talk to you about EMINA, Europe, Middle East, North Africa, I work with nationals in that arena. All nationals. And I was doing youth ministry training in Serbia, and I'm going, do I know how to do youth ministry in Serbia? I've been doing youth ministry for 40 years. That's my background. I, lo- I-, I love it. Do I know how to do it in Serbia? No, but I know principles that we can train and equip nationals with so they can go out and do effective youth ministry in their own culture. So there's our uh, mission and vision statement. And here it is. Whoa. Yeah, I love it. Okay. Uh, what drives me, what wakes me up in the morning is this statement. 89% of youth worldwide put their trust in Jesus for salvation before the age of 25. 79% of that 89% were led, to, uh, were led to Christ by someone no more than three years older than themselves. So that's what I get excited about. I want to be in youth ministry because that's where lives are changed and transformed. Some of you in this room probably came to know Christ in high school. Anybody in high school or middle school? Yeah, this hand's going up. Okay. So I got to tell you, it's an it's a amazing time in a person's life when they're asking tough questions. Okay, so here we go. Um, and this is what... I kind of do. Oh, God, from my youth, you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. We're still proclaiming. That's what we do. We're in a proclamation ministry. So even to old age and gray hairs, anybody with old age, gray hairs? When I went on the field 23 years ago, I had black hair. I was 20 pounds lighter. Anybody can relate getting older, you know? Why does that happen? You know, you get old and all of a sudden you feel like a pizza, you know, you know like, um, but I still love pizza, by the way. Okay. Um, and, uh, but I proclaim, um, even though I, do not forsake me until I proclaim your might to another generation. There's always a generation of kids that need to hear the gospel. Billy Graham once said there, there is no grandchildren in Christendom. We're only one generation away from extinction. So I get the privilege of helping and equipping nationals to do ministry, and then I do ministry locally in my community with missionary kids. And just because you come from a missionary family doesn't mean you're a Christian. It's like just because you were born in a garage doesn't make you a car. You have to choose to follow Christ. And missionary kids need to make choices. And so I have that privilege of doing that. Well, here we go, real quick. Um, Here's our ministry over the years, right? Discipleship trainers, special project camps, YFC Yamina. I'm also the associate pastor at at a church that was started by a school. Black Forest Christian Fellowship is the church, and the school is Black Forest Academy. Um, I coach basketball. Becky is a biblical counselor, and she's involved in women's ministry. By the way, our missionary church, 
We have about 700 people that attend. About 400 of those are kids. A youth pastor's dream. You know, it's awesome. And, uh, but I, so we have the privilege. Um, but at BFA, everybody from the janitor to the executive director are fully funded missionaries, so we keep the cost down for missionary families. That's reflected in the, uh, in the church as well. So both, both pastors, there's two pastors for 700. Myself and another, and my, my good friend, and you'll get to see a picture of him in a second, he, um, he's kind of a stay-at-home mom. His dad, stay-at-home dad, stay-at-home dad, and his wife works for uh, a pharmaceutical company in uh, Basel. And so he just really preaches, but boy, that man can preach. Man, it's awesome. And uh, so we get the privilege of living in community and being the face of BFCF uh, when we're there. So, so that's exciting. Okay, Amina, where's, where's Amina? This is the world that, that we live in, okay? Now, to be more specific here, because uh, I, I know Americans are not geographically challenged, right? Okay, so here we go. Every YFC symbol you're going to see in a second represents a YFC country. There's Europe, Middle East, North Africa, Right here, just a quick note, right here in, uh, we have Lebanon Youth for Christ. Man, some great things are happening there. I'll tell you about those in a moment. We have a lot of ministry models from YFC in, in Europe, Middle East, North Africa. But in Lebanon, what they're doing is because of the refugee, Syrian refugees coming over because of the, the wars and, and stuff that's going on there, they're in refugee camps ministering to kids. Youth for Christ doesn't have a model. They have many models. And it's changing. We're, the old YFC um, motto um, used to be, we're anchored to the rock, but we're geared to the times. Times change. Methodology change, changes, but our theology stays the same. We're anchored to the rock in Christ. Okay? So countries... Here we go, 30 countries, 400 staff. That's paid staff. That's national staff. National directors raise money. 1,300 volunteers, 1.5 million teenagers heard the gospel. You get excited about that? I mean, come on. Really, seriously? That's awesome. 1.5 million teenagers. um, You know, when, when you start hearing about how many people receive Christ into their heart, you know, you know, sometimes you get excited about, man, that, that really worked. You know, so statistics can say all kinds of stuff. But what is important is 1.5 million teenagers heard the gospel message. Okay, so here we go. Um, here's the many ministry models that are represented in that area. Um, great thing, like I said, Youth for Christ doesn't have a model. They have many models based on your country, based on what, what God is doing in that country. Well, where do we live? We live right in, uh, we live in Germany in the southwest corner. In the time it takes you to get down to Denver, city, the city, um, the uh, city center, um, we can be in Switzerland or France. It's a hard assignment. <laughs> Man. So we go shopping in France. We'll swing by. and We don't do too much in Switzerland because the Swiss franc is, is uh, 
it's expensive there. So um, then we go back to Germany. But it's fun, you know, to ride your, I cycle, and so it's fun to ride your bike sometimes and say, I did three countries in a day, you know. And then you realize only 20 minutes apart. So um, here we go. Um, this is a picture of our church at Black Forest Christian Fellowship. There's Christians that were meeting today. They're nine hours ahead, so it's over. But they met today. And, uh, that this, and it's missionaries, missionary kids. We have expats. We also have uh, French and German and Swiss folks that come over because they want an English-speaking um, worship experience. Okay? Um, here's the MKs, um, missionary kids. I'll show you. I think we have, let me see here. Um, yeah. Go, go right there. Uh, this is opening an exercise at Black Forest Academy, and this is exciting because uh, every flag represents a nation that's represented at Black Forest Academy, and they always fight for their own flags. But we have a large Asian population, mostly Koreans. Korea is a great sending nation. It's unbelievable, okay? Uh, and uh, it's, it's fun. Every one of those kids represents a family that's on the field, and if it wasn't for a school like Black Forest Academy you wouldn't have missionaries on the field because schooling's an issue. It's a dorm school. About, about 60% of the school is dormed. A lot of families now live in the area, and we call them home students. Uh, they live with their parents, so a lot of parents come during their high school years because we have a number of mission agencies like Wycliffe, Campus Crusade, Young Life, a number of organizations, uh, TEAM, IMB, uh, that make con in their home because of the school, okay? So um, here's another picture of kids. I coach basketball there. We play in the DOD, Department of Defense, Dependent School League, and so we get to play military bases, and MKs love going to the food court because they get American food, and, boy, that's exciting for them. So there you go. Um, okay, uh, this year uh, we had to take a, a year off because we were on home assignment because of a thing called totalization, all the expats are feeling it. In fact, uh, the big talk in our community, so when's your year? Uh, in Germany, you can stay five years, but then you have to be out for a year and a day. has to do with Social Security. Anyway, we wound up going to California to a Christian camp called Hume Lake Christian Camp. Hume Lake is an amazing camp. They, this summer, they have 2,000 kids a week for 10 weeks. They also have a school called Joshua um, Wilderness Institute, and uh, I had the privilege of teaching there on uh, life skills, and I taught on discipleship as a lifestyle because we're trainers in that, my wife and I. And um, we also talked about mission. In fact, two of the students are coming back over to Germany um, first September to help us. Um, and you can see these are some of the students. There I am teaching. Uh, we had students in our home. Uh, when we had to take a year off, we go, what did we do? Two things were important, community and ministry. Hume Lake provided the ministry, also provided a community as we got, um, got to know the staff there. So that was exciting. Um, we actually, in Fresno, California, there's a, a Christmas card lane, and we found signs, Fodach Weihnachten, Merry Christmas. There's Germans there, unbelievable. Um, so, yeah, we return uh, a, a week from Monday. We fly back to Germany. Denver to London, London to Basel, and we're home after a year. 
we had other missionaries staying in our, in our, in our flat, our apartment, and uh, now um, they get to, uh, they're leaving this month, and, and we get to take over when we come back. But this is a scripture verse that reflects you, okay? When I think of Stapleton, with all the joy, sorrows, pains, and uh, stuff that's going on, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you and um, all my prayers for you. So very important. And thank you for your investment, not only in our lives, but in the lives of missionaries and short-term missions. You guys are awesome. Okay, I have about 15 minutes, and I want to just uh, do something with you that's not going to be on the screen. By the way, if you want more information, you want a prayer card, you want to be praying for us, we need your prayers, please. Um, see my wife, she's right down here. Um, she has a card, and if you would like one, we'll give you one, and uh, has our picture on it. I always think it's great when I make the refrigerator door. You know, a lot of people have pictures of, yeah, so it's kind of fun. Okay, so what I want to do right now is I want to unpack um, in 15 minutes, um, I want to pack something for, um, for you uh, in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12. If you have your Bibles, I hope you do. I hope you brought them. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Okay? Here we go. Good, get this. Okay. A little introduction to Hebrews, just a 30-second deal. We don't know who wrote the book. Some say Paul, some say Luke, some say other things. But we don't know who wrote the book. But we know one thing, it was written by the Holy Spirit. So God spoke. But let me tell you the audience. It's always good to know the audience. The audience were Jewish converts who were familiar with the Old Testament. That's the audience. Those Jews most likely came out of Hellenistic Judaism. Hellenistic Judaism is when you combined... Judaism with elements of the Greek culture. So that's the audience. They came to trust Jesus, Yeshua, as Messiah. That's the audience. Now, the, um, they were under persecution for their faith, and we're going to read about that in a second. And some were uh, contemplating or being tempted to return to Judaism. The theme of Hebrews is the superiority or preeminence of Christ. He's better than any Old Testament person, institution, ritual, or sacrifice. Okay? So, here's the persecution. It's found in Hebrews 10. So, you can flip over to verse 10, uh, chapter 10, uh, verse 32 to 34. The writer says, But record, recall the former days when after you were enlightened... You endured a hard struggle with suffering, meaning when you came to know the Messiah, when you came to know Jesus, remember those days? You endured a hard struggle with suffering, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, and sometimes being partners with those so treated. For you had compassion on those in prison, and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. They came to know the Messiah. They were under persecution for that. Okay, let me put that in a practical sense. Can you imagine this? 
Hey, Johnny, we've missed you at synagogue. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to synagogue anymore. I, I kind of go into this home group. Um, see, I, I kind of I think Jesus was the Messiah. <gasps> Blasphemy. What are you saying? Johnny, did your mom know about this? <laughs> you know, can, you, can you imagine those conversations going on? Can you imagine families coming to know Christ and having to step almost out of their culture and they develop a new culture? Can you imagine the friends, the persecution? Well, it goes on to say in Hebrews 10.35, Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. But we are not of those who shrink back. That's the reference to those who are going, Ah, you know, maybe, maybe just give me something to believe in. I like the rules of Judaism. I'm just going to just, I know Jesus is the Messiah, but I'm just going to go back to the, the old way. And by the way, lest we think they're crazy, sometimes in our lives, maybe we came out of legalism. Maybe we came out of whatever. And by the way, today, being a Christian, there's a cost, isn't there? To be a Christian today. And it's only amping up as we live in this post-Christian era in America. Sometimes you might go, man, I'm tired of you always being looked down upon, being the brunt of every joke. Uh, I'm tired of people saying I'm this, I'm that, because, you know, on social issues, you know. Um, are, are Christians stereotyped? Absolutely. If you're a believer today, you know that. And you just want to say, no, that's not me. Let me tell you what I really believe. But some of us go, oh, man, I'm tired. I'm tired of becoming, you know, like, Man, no sex before marriage? Man, all my friends, man, oh, gosh. Can't do this. A lot of people think Christianity is a bunch of can'ts. I'm tired of doing that. I just might as well go along with my friends. So they had issues. We have issues. Hebrews. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and persevere. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, real quick. Oh, yeah. Therefore, anytime you see in the Bible, therefore, you have to ask why it's therefore, right? Therefore means because of chapter 11. If you know anything about Hebrews 11, you know that there's a hall of fame of of heroes that are mentioned there. Because of their example, because of who they are, it says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witness, Old Testament believers trusting God by faith are referred to in chapter 11. That's it. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, the writer kind of uses an analogy of a stadium, and we're surrounded by all these people, right? Old Testament saints, Old Testament people. And what happens? It says this, Let us also... Let us, just like them, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. You ever notice it says weight and sin? There are some things that are not sin, but they're just distractions. Anybody can relate to distractions? I don't know what it is, but a lot of people, you know, a lot of us want to wake up in the morning and have devotions. But what is the first thing we wake up to? 
We got to Google the weather. What's the weather going to be like today? Or we have to check our email. And all of a sudden, the day gets away from us, and we go, oh, I just don't have the time. What? You had time for weather. <laughs> yeah, you had time for catching up with your friends on Facebook, you know, but we don't have time for Jesus. Okay? Now, is that, is that a sin? No, I think that's just a distraction. That's an encumbersome something. And sin. Well, we don't talk a lot about sin today, but there's sin out there. Some things God just calls, that's sin. Don't do it. We do it. We need to confess it. We need to get it right. If, if need be, we need to get people surrounding us in our lives to help us walk through it. But we need to, we need to deal with that. So it says, lay aside. Put it aside, man. Don't mess with it because it's going to distract you from what? We stand so closely and let us run. Hey, we're in a race. We can't run when we're tied down with weights. You ever try running in a track? You ever try, you know, everybody wants to be in shape these days, right? So you want to run. You wouldn't run with, with like a space suit on. No. You get the coolest, lightest Nikes, Adidas, Adidas, um, you know, um, you get the coolest little running shorts and you go out there and you kind of go on. Today, coming over here, I was driving along the, uh, the, auto, the, the freeway and um, the Autobahn. Um, <laughs> um, and I'm looking off to the side and there's a path and there's people cycling, but these runners, man, they were just like, whew. I'm going, yeah, they're not encumbered in any way. They're not, you know, stressed out. They're, they're running. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. By the way, all of us, all of us have a race. I don't know your race. Some of our race involves sickness, financial problems, family issues. Some of us are doing pretty good. Some of us are going, hey, I'm a, life is pretty good right now. I don't know what your race is, but we have a race. And I don't know why one person is healed and one person isn't. I don't know why one person is blessed financially and another person isn't, but we have a race. So let's run. Let's be faithful in it. It says, let us run. The, with endurance. Let me tell you what endurance is all about. Endurance, the power to withstand pain, hardships, or hardships, the ability or strength to continue despite fatigue, stress, or other adverse conditions. I coach basketball, and I tell our team, the team that's in the best shape in the fourth quarter is going to win the day. Talk to Golden State. They just won the NBA championships. I'm going like, man, those guys were like working it in the last quarter. Endurance. So when we train our, our players, I run them. I'm doing, you know, all kinds of, you know, drills with them. And they're going, coach, you're beating us up. Why? Because I want you to be in shape. I want you to be ready. Because these schools are bigger. They're faster. And you're going to have to compete with them. We're a missionary kid school. Huh. They don't know how to play soccer. I'm trying to train them how to use their hands, not their feet. <laughs> you know, and uh, they make great goalies, though. By the way, most of my guys wind up being goalies. Um, it's kind of cool. But uh, endure, hang in there. It's gonna be okay. I don't care what you're facing today. It's gonna be okay. Here we go. And we need a focus in our. In our endurance, we need to focus in our, in our race. If you're an athlete, you know what I'm talking about. 
looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. We look to Jesus. We don't look to men. Men fail us. Institutions fail us. The church sometimes. Some of you might have been in a church. It fails us. We're just broken people encouraging broken people to hang in there and be faithful. Because we look unto Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Why was the writer telling them to look unto Jesus? Hebrews chapter 1, 1 through 3. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. They knew that. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by his word of his power. After making purifications for sin, sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. If you want to know God, you get to know Jesus. Because Jesus says he is God. And it says right here, it's confirmed. He created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. Jesus is co-equal with the Father in substance and in nature, but distinct in function. He was subservient to the Father, but he was God. That's a whole different message, but man, wrap your head around that one. He was God. He was man. Ooh, okay. Co-equal in substance and in nature, but distinct in function. Okay, here we go. So, who, who for the joy that was set before him back in, in uh, Hebrews 12, he, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, I don't know if you get the picture of this. This is the picture I get. The night before in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was praying like crazy. If there's any other way, take this cup from me. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to go through this. But I, I picture, this is me. This is not the biblical account. But I picture when it came time for Jesus to go on that cross. Now, the Roman executioners, I'm sure when they had to spread a person's hand out on that cross and nail it in or nail their feet in, people were kicking and screaming and fighting with everything they had. They were, they were, if they had any, anything left in them, they were going, no, 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 no. This is my picture of Jesus. Boom. And the executioners taking a pause. That's my take. And they go, whoa, something's different here. Because... I don't know what else to think when I hear who for the joy that was set before him. Joy, are you serious? If you know anything about crucifixion, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Real quick here. Here we go. Here's the application. This is how it all comes together. Because Jesus is the focus of our race, give, give Christ priority in your life. That's, that's a quick point. Give Christ priority in your life. How do you do that? That's a good question. Thank you for asking it. Um, it says this in 1 John 2, 6, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So if you want to know how to make Jesus the focus of your race, walk as Jesus walked. If you say you're a Christian. By the way, Christians were first called Christians in a place called Antioch. Before that, they were called Followers of the way. And there's a whole discussion on the followers of the way, but uh, the Torah is 
it's, it's used as the, you know, we say Torah, and we often think of the first five books of the Old Testament. But really, Torah in Jesus' day was really referred to as the way to live. It referred to the old Old Testament, the prophets, major and minor prophets, the way. So when Jesus comes on the scene and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he's saying, I know you think the Torah is the way to help you live. I am the way. Radical for Jew. For us, we have a different mindset, so we think a little bit differently. But for a Jew to hear Jesus say, I am the way. So if you abide in him, abide in him. What's that mean? Uh, oh, by the way, when they, were, they, when they were called Christians, that was a derogatory term. So when I hear people speaking ill of Christians today, I just go, it's been around since Antioch. Acts 11.26, it's been there ever since. Why? Let me tell you what the word Christian means. It literally means belonging to the party of Christ. Or it means a follower of Christ. Oh, you're a Christian. You're a follower of that, that Jesus. How did they know that? They knew that because of their behavior, speech, and their daily activity. They say, oh, they were identifiable. Whoa, that's why they won their persecution. For us, how do we get to know Jesus? We study his word. Second Timothy 2.15, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved as a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. If you want to know about Jesus, study his life. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, study it. Understand it. Absorb it. This is my Jesus. First John you know, get the right. Who was Jesus? Man, I want to, if I'm a Christian, now I'm supposed to act, speak, my behavior is to reflect Christ. I got to know Christ. That's looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. Okay? And it says, living out his commands, John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commands. What are his commands? By the way, he calls it his commands, not his suggestions. It's really easy to go, oh, well, yeah, I don't know if I agree with that or not. It doesn't matter. If you love Jesus, Jesus says, do this. That's what we're supposed to do, okay? It's kind of black and white. For those who are black and white in this room, we have some people who just, yeah, okay. A lot of us live in grays, but um, fellowship of believers. That's how we make him our focus. We study his word to know more about him. We live out his commandments through his study of his word. And then we hang out with believers. It says, and I love the message. I want to give you this in the message. Hi. Uh, um, uh, let's see how, um, this is Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 from the message. Let's see how to um, invent ways that we can encourage, love, and help out. Not avoiding worshiping together as some do, but spurring each other on, especially as we see the day approaching. Spur to give initiative or encouragement to another. I, I, I love that. Let's see how inventive we can be. Have you ever thought about coming to church and just encouraging people? Have you ever thought about encouraging people throughout the day at your work? You might say, oh, you don't know the people I work with. Are you kidding me? I'm not going to encourage them. Well, if you're living out Christ, we're called to love people. Don't have to like them, but we're called to love them. And how can we encourage people? Okay, real quick. Um, 
following Christ is like a marathon, not a sprint. We have to endure. We, they had to endure. We have to endure. Focus on the things that really matter. Matthew six nineteen through 21 says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Have you ever noticed those things that you really value sometimes? They break. I love Mac computers. After three years, uh, way back in the day when I bought my first Mac, I told my wife, this is all we'll need, 512K. <laughs> and now we're buying external drives of two terabyte, you know. Like, I don't know, what, what's the next one? Yoda byte? There is a Yoda byte out there. Um, but, um, but where neither moth or rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. So store up for yourself treasure. For where your treasure is there, shall, um, your heart will be also. Fight the good fight. In 1 Timothy 6, 6 through 12, he talks about fighting the good fight. He also says, hey, we brought nothing into this world and we're not going to take nothing out of it. So get your priorities right. That's what he's saying. Okay? And do not run aimlessly. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27, he goes, hey, I don't, I don't run aimlessly. I don't box the air. I buffet my body. When I was younger, I used to think that meant I buffet my body. I can't do that anymore. But I buffet my body. I, I'm in training. Are you in training to run the race, to endure over the long haul, not just for the short term until something comes up that rocks your world? Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. If you walk away with anything today, he's faithful. Cling to it. Oh, my goodness. With, with with what we all are facing, we have to remember that. And lastly, and I'll close with this. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence. This is what the Hebrews 10, 35, 36. They're telling those believers, and I'm hearing it because it transcends time and culture. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence. Maybe there's someone in this room that was ready to throw away their confidence, um, which has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you might receive what is promised. So, I don't know where you are today. Maybe you need to know Christ. Maybe you know Christ and you've been kind of shaky with your faith. Maybe you need to go, man, my focus has been all wrong. I need to focus back on Jesus. So, we need to close in prayer. But maybe you came today just to hear that word. Yeah, I'm a missionary. Yeah, I, I can tell you all about Europe and stuff. But when it comes down to it, I'm just like you a person in need of keeping my focus on Jesus because when I take my focus off, that's when I get in trouble. And the good thing about focusing on Jesus, he helps us to unpack all that stuff in our life that has built up over the years. And he does it lovingly and caringly, one piece at a time. Otherwise, we'd be overwhelmed.